Hello and welcome to another episode of 177 Nations of Tasmania podcast. In this episode, I'm talking with Jean-Marie, who originates from Mauritius. Now, Mauritius is a small island nation situated in the middle of the Indian Ocean, about 2,000 kilometers east off the coast of Africa. Because of its history and location, it is a real blend of cultures, religions and languages, though with the French culture leaving probably the biggest mark. Most people live on the densely populated island of Mauritius, but there is also a smaller and idyllic island called Rodriguez, where Jean-Marie spent a good part of his childhood. There are also a few connections with Tasmania, Mauritius being the setting off point for the explorer Abel Tasman. And like Tasman, Jean-Marie has spent most of his life in the maritime industry, and that work brought him to Shearwater near Devonport several years ago. So, to find out more about Jean-Marie's story and what brought him here, please listen on. My name is Jean-Marie Sozier, and I am in Shearwater, Tassie, and I love it here. You know, I've been in Australia for last about 35 years, I think, now. And um, I've moved around. I came to Melbourne, you know, like many Mauritians before. Land in Melbourne, there's a family there, and then moved to Sydney, and then to Canberra, and then eventually, you know, Tassie. Love it here. I work for the federal government in the maritime industry. So we look after, you know, the big ships industry and small boats also. So through my work, that's what I moved a bit. I used to be in headquarters in Canberra. And then, you know, as a position came up, I come down here. So anything to do with maritime, you know, big ship, you know, safety stuff. I'm a bit involved in that. Tell me about where you, uh, where you grew up and where, where you came from. What, what kind of, where was it? And what kind of place uh, was it? Okay, and, and I've got to, I, I can't actually go past Rodrigues also because, I mean, I, I grew up in Mauritius and I spent three years or four years of my childhood in, in Rodrigues, which is a uh, dependency of Mauritius. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually very, very close to Rodrigues in a sense, but because I feel that that was the best years of my childhood life. Mm-hmm. Every time I get a chance, I go back there. And you see, you know, I've got lots of pictures, everything that reminds me every time I go to Mauritius, I want to go there. So I grew up in Mauritius and, you know, started work in Mauritius. You know, I think I was about 17 or 18, I started going to sea. And then, you know, there was that, you know, push for lots of people to migrate from Mauritius to Australia. Okay. And I'm part of that. And it was it, it it was all right, you know. Like every family, you know, you 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 know, you got the goods and the bad. You know, it was great place. You know, Mauritius was known as a tourist destination at that time. The main thing was the sugar industry. Mm-hmm. Tourism started to come in there at that time. Flying was not something that you know was as easy as we do today. But it was good, you know. I'm, I can't really complain too much. Things have changed, obviously. We you know you know. 35 years later. And, and Mauritius itself um, is independent since 1968. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing about that is that since 1810, which means 158 years, it's been ruled by the, by the British. However, the French influence is actually much stronger. So 
you know, it's quite rare. French, French is one of the French languages. Is, French is a mother, my mother tongue, yeah. you know, and it is one of the main languages. And Creole is actually another language. Obviously, English is, you know, taught there and we speak there. And uh, all exams are in English because mm-hmm. we still follow. I mean, at that time, I said, was a Cambridge certificate. Yeah. Okay. And I was saying that the French influence was really great. And in, in Mauritius, it, you'd say, talked about cricket. No one would know what cricket. Now, yes, they know about insect, but not the game. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and that despite, you know, <clears throat> the bombs being there for 150 years. So there's still a lot of... Um uh, French um, culture influence. There, culture there's influence. a lot. And now you're getting, because Mauritius is multicultural, you got people from Asia, you know, from um, Europe, from Africa, all over. Um, there's, a, there's a melting pot, yeah. you know, of those cultures there. And, um, you know, you get more and more the influence of, you know, from Southeast Asia, you know, and Chinese, Indian, you know, uh, Muslim you know, countries, there's lots of that nowadays. So that, you know, the French thing is starting to sort of, you know, dilute a bit if you want, Mm -hmm. but it's still there. And then, like I said before, you know, we got that little island, little island, you know, it's absolutely beautiful. I call that paradise on earth. Mm -hmm. You know, Rodrigues spent four, four, five, four years, I think, of my life, absolutely beautiful place. That's a place that I'd recommend anybody, if you want, you know, peace and absolutely a retreat you know nothing and the people so great yeah. I, I can't I, I i can't praise that place enough so what made it special for you what 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 are the memories that you have about it well when we were there we were kids and there was no there was no crime no theft nothing you know everybody just roamed around and we were kids and parents would just leave us and we we you know we fend for ourselves and it was just you know uh, an innocent world you know, obviously there was no television, there was no electricity at that time. Lots of things which we take for granted. But the friendship, the people, the warmth of the people, you know, the, how do you call that, the passion for the land, for the farm, for the animals, for the sea. It's, it, it's hard to explain. It's mm-hmm. hard to explain. In fact, I took my son there for the first time in 2019 and I took him to a place where we lived and, and he looked at me and said dad you know this place was, would have really you know shocked you and it, it did it did mm-hmm. that was the first time I saw that place after you know 20 or 30 years and the first time that I was allowed to go inside I've seen the house you know every time you know you go there but yeah and then the second time we went and he said no no we, dad we need to go back again now we, I need to see that place again so yeah it, 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 it is a very special place it is uh, small. It is small, and I think there's about fifty thousand people there, or thirty-five thousand. Okay. I think it's quite mountainous, but people are so warm, mm-hmm. so friendly. You know um, that it that that's what makes it different. I'm not saying people in Mauritius are not different, are, are not friendly. You know, but in Mauritius you've got so many of them. Yeah, you've got 1.3 million people in Mauritius. Yeah, you know, and everybody's you know there everywhere. So and they they nice and friendly. Yes, you got you know the odd ones. You know, um, but it's a different culture. It's a very different culture, and yet they belong to the same sort of you know, mm. yeah, brothers and sisters. But I guess that can happen in in islands because they're you know, they're a bit cut off from each other. That a separate culture can yep. can develop yeah, for sure. And yeah, so on. And from what I was reading about Mauritius is in uh, certainly in the last decades, all these new industries have developed 
it's really, really boomed, you know, the last 20 or 25 years, if you want. Um, you know, there's lots of construction. Uh, you know, you, people used to have, you know, backyards with mango trees, lychee trees and all of those things. And nowadays you don't, you don't have those anymore. It's just building and building. It's developed and it, before it used to rely on sugarcane. Now that's gone completely or nearly. Right. Tourism is a big thing. And obviously that's been, you know, that had a major impact during the pandemic. And I myself used to go there two, three times a year. And I've not been there for two years. It's a long time for me. Um, lots of changes, lots of roads, cars, you know, things have changed so much. Whether it's for the better or for the worse, we, we always use the term a good old days. Yeah. We always use that term. But I think there are some, some, some good changes. Yeah. There are some which is not really great also. I was fortunate on all fronts in education. My dad was a teacher to start with. So primary school was partly in Rodrigues. And then when we had to complete uh, primary level, so we were sent back to Mauritius and my parents stayed there for a year or more. We completed that, my brother and myself. And then we went to uh, a quite, oh, I wouldn't say elite, but, you know, a very good Catholic school, mm-hmm. you know, which is sort of, you know, well sought after so you had a competition you had to, to pass exams and you know and then and, and meet the requirements and then get get there and i think that was six years at that college secondary school it's actually made me what i am today mm-hmm. because i got lots of discipline there i got lots of you know moral values there and then afterwards when i went to see that discipline you know was there and that's what made me what I am today, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, yeah. you know? So education was was good, was, you know, um, you had good teachers, you know, you, you I mean, we were, we were quite, you know, like I said, fortunate. And the thing is, you know, thing that I tell people is that we used to be taught, for example, maths, and most of the time the teacher will explain that in French, and then, you know, the exam is in English. Okay. Yes. You know, to, to sort of make it easy for us, you know, explain that in French, you know, and, and then afterwards write it in English on the board, you know, you, you take notes, you learn, you do it, you, you do the, your maths calculation in English, the exams is in English because we follow the SCHSC from Cambridge. Was that a disadvantage to have done it in See, French? See, uh, it, it, it is a bit of a disadvantage because... You know, we write English, you know, and, and we do lots of that, you know, English literature and, and then those subjects. But it, when it comes to speaking, mm-hmm. it's very different. Okay. It's very different. You know, I mean, I remember coming coming here to Australia, you know, and, and you've got that, that process we all go through. So you speak to me in English. So I'm translating what you're saying in French. Think about an answer in French, translate it in yeah. English, and then try to say something. And that's that's what it is. But in terms of writing, I think you know we we quite good, mm-hmm. you know, in in spelling and all of that because that's part of a, of a curriculum. I knew quite early what I wanted to do. I must have been about twelve or thirteen. Okay. And I sort of thought, because first of all, I'd, I'd travel on, on board ships between the islands. And then I had an uncle who was in the Navy. And I always thought, oh, you know, that's not a bad way to sort of, you know, do something that I enjoy, that I think I enjoy. You know, and I always thought, yep, going to sea sounds great. 
but it is quite restricted. You know, there's not many ships, you know, there's not, employment is not easy, but I tried and I, and I pushed myself through that. And I remember doing a, you know, what they call a trial, you know, about the five day sea, sea passage, you know, coming back. And I was sick like a dog. Mm. And I'm thinking all my mates are going to work into offices in banks and all those places. Why, you know, you're crazy or something. So I sat home and I thought about it and I said, no, I want that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. Yeah. So it, it, to an extent, it was sort of easy that way because I did, was not sort of, you know, swayed one way or another to do. Yes, my parents didn't really want that to happen okay. because they always say, you know, why, why you want to go away? You know, what is this? You know, it, a sailor's life is, you know, you go away for months and, and nowadays people go away for three, four months. I mean, my time, we, we go away for 12 months, you know, and that wasn't home. Yeah, you wouldn't have had the, didn't have the possibility of all the means of communication. No, nothing like now. that. You know, you, you'd send a, a letter in one port and, you know, you, you get to another port, a third or fifth port, and then you get the re- a reply, you know, and you think, oh, you know, it's already three months gone. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it was not. Well, it was very different from what it is today. And nowadays, everybody's got a computer in their cabin and, mm. you know, their phone, WhatsApp and everything. So we didn't have any of that stuff. And so what was the what was the path to from after school to get into that kind of career? There, in Mauritius, there were two shipping companies, okay? And, and one had a few ships and the other one had another, just one vessel. And I, you know, tried the first one, but, you know, it's a closed shop. It's not easy to get in, you know? And I tried, couldn't get in, you know, and the other one, I went, I saw somebody one day, I said, oh, I just want to sail, I want to go to sea, you know, I want to think. So I got an interview with, you know, someone who's a, was a master mariner and a superintendent. And I remember, remember, you know, I'm 17 or something, really shy, you know, there's a captain sitting there and he said, oh, what do you want to do? And what's what I want? And at the end of the interview, you know, he asked me, he said, oh, um, you got any question? I said, yes, I do. And I said, um, you know, sir, you've, on, you've got one ship only. Mm-hmm. So what happens if you sell that vessel? What happens to the crew? And he looked at me and he said, you know, in, with lots of expletive, and, and he said, you know, I've not even employed you and you're thinking like this. Mm. And I said, well, the reason I'm asking that is because I want to make, my, make that my career. I don't want to be, you know, going there and then a week later you say, we don't have any ships anymore, you go back, thing. That's, and I got the job, you know. So since then, I mean, we've met, we've met a few times afterwards. Sadly, he's passed away now. We've met a few times after and I always thought, oh, you know, remember this? Remember? Yeah, yeah. So I sailed with, for his company for a long time. So how old were you when you sort of went to sea? 17 or 18 or yeah, yeah yeah very young and yeah green yeah. you know you believe anything that they tell you and boy your oh boy did we did <laughs> yeah but 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 we, again you know these were the days where you know you'd be bullied if you want to use that word but we need you need to see that as as being bullied mm-hmm. you saw that as part of a job as part of you know the growing up you know part of you know toughing up yeah um and that's what it was and so was that the first time you'd left Mauritius? Yes, to go overseas, yep. yep. Um, and the first trip was to Reunion Island and then to South Africa. And I was lucky because as soon as we got to Reunion Island, there was another ship and my uncle is there. Mm-hmm. So I caught up with him and I said, oh, yeah, this is, wow, you know, blah, blah, blah. So and then afterwards, then it, 
it, it takes a while to get used to the fact that oh you know I'm missing my friends I'm missing you know the afternoon chat with you know family and all of that stuff but then you get used to it afterwards you get used to it I mean I've left home on the 24th of December 25th of December I've left port on the 31st of December you get used to it <laughs> I spent a few months on the, there, there was a couple of vessels which used to do Mauritius reunion every time. And then during the peak season, which is August and December, back and forth, it's a bit like the spots, the spirit of Tasmania, back mm-hmm. and forth. And yes, there is another ship, you know, which goes to, to road rigs, I think every two, three weeks. And in my days, when we were kids, you know, you had that one vessel which came once a month. Wow once a month and you could see that and when that happened when that happened you know that was something on the island that was an event you know and then um, from where we lived we could see the, the ship it was called the Mauritius you know come there you know drop anchor and then you see all those small boats you go there you know unload and unload cargo you know you name it animal poultry pigs bags of stuff no containers in those days and yes, you know, and, and mail, mail mm-hmm. was delivered in a strange way, but, you know. Um, so we get the mail from Mauritius, come to the port in Port Maturin, and uh, someone actually at the post office is going to shout everybody's name. All right. Yes, so you, you walk, I mean, you, you, you live, you know, maybe 15 or 20 k's from Port Maturin. You walk down there, and you, you, you hear, you know, oh, that's your name, oh, Mark Thompson. Yep, yeah, okay, there's one for you. And you got to wait because there might be another letter for you in an hour's time. Oh, really? Yep. That's, that's, that's what made a difference in, you know, when I see the life, what it was there. Yeah. And in Mauritius and here, you got the postman, you go to the post office, you go to the uh, mailbox. And over there, it's very, very different. Yeah. yeah. And then you got cyclones. So the ship is delayed, she can't come, you know, but that's the only time you can get, you know, they normally bring fresh, you know, vegetables at those days, you know, stuff that you didn't have on the island. And yeah, you know, the first time we saw, you know, small bottles of Coke, you know, that was when the, when, when, when the vessel would come and dad would have a crate, you know, with 24 of us and you don't drink it every day. It's not... Nowadays, you open your fridge, you can have a choice of Coke and, you know, anything else. But no, was not the first. we didn't even have a fridge. There was no such thing like a fridge. Yeah, right. So do people grow a lot of their own, own food? They, they do. Uh, they, they do grow a lot of stuff. But, you know, it's a very arid place, you know. So okay. you, you don't have too much water. They, they used to grow onions and corn, um, you know, uh, sweet potato those things and then you know they've got farms with pigs and, and cattle and, and poultry Mauritius is different because uh-huh. you, you do get you know get more, more bigger variety get a bit gets, gets a bit more water you yep. know so you've got huge you know a fair amount of stuff but even that I mean Mauritius had a cyclone about five days ago ten days ago now and you know basically that affects everything you know all you know the plantations so sometimes they got to import, you know, fresh fruits or vegetables from, you know, maybe India, maybe South Africa, right. you know, maybe Reunion or Madagascar or something. Yeah. What uh, led to you coming to Australia? Well, funny, I, I knew you were going to ask me that question of, uh, you know, the why. I don't know the why. Mm-hmm. I don't have an answer for that. Okay. I can tell you the, the how. Yep. You know, but the why is quite different. 
because I went to sea, so I was sort of cut off of what was happening at home. Yes, you know, we were coming, you know, home every now and then, you know, spent three nights at home, you know, mom and dad, you know, my brother was already studying in Europe or in reunion and went in Europe. And I know that we've got relatives here, obviously, you know, because Mauritians have got relatives everywhere. Yeah. So I know we, I've got an auntie here, you know, she lives in Melbourne and she kept coming back to Mauritius because she felt on her own yet a bit lonely. And every time she came, oh, you know, that'd be good for you guys to come to Australia. You know, we love thing and everything. And, and those days, I think family reunion visa was really easy to get. And I think at some point in time, you know, I might have gone to an interview at the consul- consulate might have gone, I can't remember that. Mm-hmm. But I remember clearly how, how I was told that we're going to Australia. Um, in fact, we were in Reunion Island and I was on a ship there and my brother came to visit. And then I was sort of walking back, you know, with him to the bus stop where he's going to catch his bus to go to university, his campus. And he said, so when are you going to Australia? And I said, no, we're not going to Australia. We're going to Durban, South Africa. And I says, no, 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 Australia. I said, no, I'm telling you, this is the next destination <laughs> for the ship, is to South Africa. He says, oh, mum didn't tell you anything. I said, no. He said, no, we're all going to Australia. <laughs> this is how I learned about it. I think, oh, this is crazy. I just spent, you know, three days in, in, in Mauritius and mum and dad didn't say anything about it. What is this? So, in those days, no communication, nothing at all. <laughs> yeah couldn't write a letter or something, you know, wait, came back to, to Mauritius about five weeks later, and mom, yeah, you don't you know, I forgot to tell you about this. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. So um, that's how, you know, we ended up, and then I thought, you know, all right, okay, let's give it a go. Um, and we obviously came to Melbourne. I didn't like it at all. No? No, 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 too cold, you know, uh, I mean, we, I think we came in March, okay. you know, March. And then, you know, you know, Melbourne, March can be freezing also. I mean, for someone coming from Mauritius <laughs> yeah. in March in Melbourne, it could be freezing. So that, that was, you know, how, I, how we ended up here in, in Australia. And yep, and no regrets whatsoever. Absolutely, you know, it was not easy, but like everybody else, you know, it's not... It's not always easy to sort of leave your friends, leave everybody there, leave everything that you had. And, you know, I sort of had a break from my shipping company. Okay. I wasn't too sure what was going to happen. And here I felt a bit of pressure from my parents, some relatives. Oh, why don't you do you? I mean, there's lots of opportunities here. And then afterwards I thought, no, this is, this is what I want to do. This is what I thrive in. Mm. And, I, and I did pursue that, that thing and I'm glad I did. And what were some of the things that were maybe more challenging to adapt to in when coming to Australia? I think I would say one is language. Mm-hmm. Okay, and because we don't speak English in Mauritius, we know it's quite rare. We we write, you know, we read, yep, but speaking is different. And I think the climate is something which is which is quite a big. You know, going to Melbourne, you know, where you think, oh, gee, it's really cool, it's too hot. You know, at some point in time, everyone, oh, just wait, summer is just, you know, coming now. And then you get to 40, 42 degrees and thinking, you know, hang on, this is just too much. This is not on. Yeah. I think these are the two things that, that I would say. But once you, you sort of get used to it, you, you know, it's like everything else, I guess. I was in Sydney. I started in uh, the first year, 1988, to do my first exam. So I did that, got my second mates. 
went back to sea and every time I came back I went back to Sydney so since then it's been Sydney every time so when I got married in Sydney you know bought properties there my parents live there now my brother lives there Sydney is now you know the how do you call that the place home and so when did you move down to Tasmania Seven years ago. Seven years ago. Seven years ago. And that was because my work, you know, I kept, well, I kept moving. I moved from Sydney, where I've been working for a while, and I went into Canberra. Mm-hmm. I think five years or six years in Canberra. And then there was an opening down here. That's when I came here. And had you been to Tasmania before? Yes. Yeah. Yep. My work uh, sort of, you know, involved lots of traveling. Mm-hmm. So I know a fair amount of places in, in Australia. I'm, I'm, I've been lucky that way also. Seen lots of places for work, but you know, you don't really have time to enjoy those places, but at least you've seen them, you know what it is, so yeah. What have been some of the differences in, in living here compared to other places you've been in Australia? I like the, you know, the peacefulness, mm-hmm. quiet. You know, where I am, you know, I could spend all day, I don't even hear one car. Mm-hmm. You know, in summer I have birds. This is really that, 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 that thing. I It took a little while to get used to it, not long, but once I got used to it, it was absolutely bliss. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so that's one difference. Obviously the traffic, obviously, you know, the you know, quick pace. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a small community. Everybody knows everybody. You know, even if you don't know them, you know, you, you know, you, you feel at home. It's a bit different in, in in Sydney. It's a big city. I like to go there because because that's where my family is here, over there. Um, but you know, would I go back and live in Sydney? I'm not too sure. And do you find the people here different uh, as well, being in yes. a small community? Yes, it, it, it is different here. You know, like you said, it's more community people. Um, and I guess, I mean, last year was the first time I went to King Island. And I can see now, you know, what, what it is like to be in a very small community. Everybody mm-hmm. knows everybody. And it's about the same here. You know, and, and you can go anywhere. People are quite friendly, helpful, you know, um, it's great. It mm. is really, really good. You, you, you're not a number. Yeah. You know, anywhere you go, you're not a number. Yeah. And in, and in, in Mauritius or on some of the islands, is it a little? Is it a little bit like that where everyone knows each other as um, well? It used to be like that a long time ago when mm. I was a kid. That used to be like that. Nowadays, it's quite different. Okay. However, you know, there are some people. You know, depending on where you hang out. You know, there were still some of those communities sort of thing. Um, but it's not as, it's not like there. No, you, you wouldn't say that. People know, you know, but, but you know, they know that oh, you're from Australia or you're from this. That's all they know. Not much. Mauritius is a melting pot of different cultures and people of different different backgrounds. Do, do people from, I mean, does people from different backgrounds, are they, is it a harmonious environment or, or is there sort of a demarcation between particular communities? But I think there's two, 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 two prongs to that. Nowadays, you know, with a younger generation, that's changing. You know, most, more and more people are seeing them as Mauritian. Yeah. Okay. In the past, you know, quite often people will associate yourself to your religion. 
Okay, yeah. Okay, so they would say, you know, you're a Tamil or, you know, you're an Hindu, you know, before saying that you're Mauritian. And it used to be sort of, you know, you can only marry, you know, within your own community. Okay. It was really odd before. I mean, yes, that's happened in the 70s and 80s. But nowadays it's quite common, which basically makes that melting pot even, you know, a bigger, you know, mixture of cultures. But on the other end, you know, there's still, let's call it um, what we can call the political divide. Mm. You know, that those people are, you know, they, they, they tend to, to sort of, you know, go one way and this one's another, you know, community, this is another community. So that's it. But generally speaking, you know, they all live, you know, really well together. You know, there's lots of respect. <laughs> While I'm, I'm looking here at some Mar- example of Mauritian uh, cuisine. Yeah, well, it is, it's called gâteau piment. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's sort I mean, I say it's not a delicacy, but, you know, Mauritians like it. You know, when we go there with other things that we eat, there's something else called dalpuri. You might have heard about it. Everybody says, oh, you go there, you know, come on, can, can you have some dalpuris, you know, for me and all of that stuff. So I made some for you, just, you know, for you to taste. I hope it's not too, too spicy. I have tasted the Sri Lankan version of that, mm-hmm. which is spicier. Um, but, you know, this is the sort of thing that we grew up on, you know, that's, yeah. And what's it made of? It's actually uh, chickpeas, dried chickpeas. Oh, okay. And then blended, you know, and, you know, you got to add some spices and some chilies, obviously, because everything's got to have chilies. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Well, mostly, you know, and you eat it like that as a snack and, yeah. And so what's, I'm just curious about, a bit about what uh, people typically eat in Mauritius. So you would have, you know, again, because they've got that culture, you know, you've got, Maybe the staple food is rice. Mm-hmm. You know, for some people it might be bread. And then, you know, you've got, if you if you got that, you know, subcontinent culture, you know, you will have a bit like an Indian meal, you know, something like a curry, vegetables, you know, and the sort of things that you, you're likely to see, you know, maybe in some Indian, you know, takeaways. Otherwise, you might have, um, you know, the bread, which is a bit more of a French side of things, you know, and... Yeah chicken and you know a bit of us you know cooked in 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 a french way and then obviously you got the chinese you got the fried rice you know the normal you know sweet and sour and you know braised beef so you get that however you know on a daily thing you know mauritian will improvise we'll have rice with you know a bit of uh, lentils you know with meat there's a mixture of everything and and one of the things that also you know they also have is pickle Mm-hmm. Lots of pickle, you know, uh, same type Indian pickle, Indian spicier, but Mauritian, you know, there's lots of, you know, vegetable pickle, mango pickle and, you know, and all those stuff. You mentioned your son. Uh, how many kids do you have actually? I've got one. One. Yep. He's 23, I think. Okay. So. Yeah. 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 So he's into music. Yeah. Plays a guitar. So like, you know, every teenager, you know, just... A different, a, a very different bubble. Nice kid. Now I've got nothing to say about <laughs> that. But in terms of communication, I think he could improve. But that's just I think, me. I think a lot of parents. I think every parent. Yeah, I think every parent would say that. But a nice, nice boy. Yeah, can't say much. And is he? Um, does he have a lot of interest in his sort of Mauritian roots? Well, he, he didn't. You know, I mean, every time I kept inviting him, Andre, I'm going there. Oh no, Dad, I've got this. I've got that. Everything. And eventually, he, he, I remember just coming back from Mauritius 
uh, October 9, 2019 or 2018, I think. And then I was here about, you know, three days later. So, oh, Dad, I'd like to go. And I'm thinking, I just came back, Andre. No, I'm free in January. I mean, this is a school kid. Yeah, I'm free in January. So we went back. So it took him there for two, 10 days or something. And now he likes it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, now, you know, he's got the Mauritian beer lined up. He's got the <laughs> Dalpuri lined up. He's got the Aluda there. He's got this. He's got, you name it. Oh, yeah. He, 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 likes, he likes food. So no worries at all. No worries at all, you know, any time, yep, Andre, you, yep, yep, Dad, we'll get this, we'll get that, we'll eat this, we'll eat that, so, yeah. Is it important, do you think, to um, kind of pass on a little bit of that to your, um, your son? I don't know, to be honest with you, because, I mean, he doesn't speak French, he understands the language, mm-hmm. he doesn't say a word, except when you're playing cards, <laughs> so I know he knows, uh, but otherwise, is it important? I guess to an extent, he's been there. You know, I've kept telling him, you know, you've got a place now, you take your friends there, go and stay there, you know, use the place that we've got there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I think there's a bit of laziness. Mm. But if that dies out, I mean, what can I do? Not much. 